breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Scott, I don't know if an hour is going to be enough. I've been listening. <laughs> I've been listening to this during the news. Uh, my gosh, Scott Hughes, political analyst, joining Mike and McCarty. Good morning in studio. Good morning. Thank you for coming in. Sure, it's, it's light rain outside. If, if we had talked with you yesterday to get you to schedule you to come in. And then this happened, mm-hmm. and I looked at Aaron and I said, well, we couldn't have planned that any better. Yeah, well, we knew qualifying we might have some surprises. but today, we didn't... It's only day two. Let's be clear. Yes. Today, today is the final day of qualifying, so we have another eight hours to go. But what happened yesterday was that started this uh, turmoil. Maelstrom. Dominoes tumbling was Barry Milligan deciding not to run for his Senate seat. That started a mess. Explain what happened. Well, kind of very surprising news. Barry Milligan is the um, current senator um, in in, um, in 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 Senate um, thirty eight. Senate thirty eight. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Senate thirty eight. He's the current senator. Widely expected to not only run for reelection but win reelection. He held a fundraiser. There are signs out. Barry has signs out mm-hmm. already. And then all of a sudden, the news began to spread that he wasn't going to run. He's had a personal issue. I don't know a lot about it. I know it's, um, he's publicly said it involves physical therapy. I think it's a hand type of situation. Mm-hmm. He'll explain what it is, but, um, he decided not to run. And that set off a rapid domino series yep. of events because now an open Senate seat, um, Tom Presley, who is the House Six representative, decides to jump into that. A name from the past, John Milkovich, um, had, 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 was already in the race. He ran last time against Barry. So now that race is set. It opens a House seat, which wasn't even supposed to be a race. By the way, Barry Milligan is going to join us coming up after the eight o'clock news. Yes. So He'll we'll explain why he made the decision. From the horses be good mouth. to hear directly from him because mm-hmm. he's a very popular senator, had mm-hmm. done a lot of things. He headed Homeland Security, some things for the state. And sure. so really surprising that all of a sudden he's out because he easily would have won re-election, I believe. But then the domino effect takes on House 6 and with Thomas out, who was also very popular. In theory, no one was going to run against him, no major candidate. Mm-hmm. So that race is suddenly an open seat. Then we start hearing about um, Michael Mellorin, the current Bessie board representative. And that's like a 13-parish seat. Yeah, That's like a public service commissioner. It's, it's a large powerful office. powerful seat. Um, very specialized education. Again, Michael was not expecting any opposition for the Bessie 4 seat. Um, and suddenly he is in the House 6 seat. Um, there was another young man that, that filed independent. Um, now, after that, everything hit him. Bobby Darrow, who many know, street mm-hmm. theater director, um, sort of a local activist, got in. He's going to run as a Democrat. So now we have a race forming in House 6. I'm running for that seat, Evan, too. Evan McMichael. Aren't you running, yeah. too, Scott? No, I'm not running. I, I heard have, you were running. I, I ran 20 years ago. So <laughs> okay. I'm, I, I know that race. My, you think your phone was blowing up. Oh, my God. My history with House 6, having actually been a candidate years ago. Let me mm-hmm. say that clearly. I'm not running in this election. I'm I'm like not a, running either. I'm um, joking. I am. And, and we may have to take score that way. I mean, who's <laughs> yeah. not running at this point? But anyway, House 6 is going to now form up. I would anticipate maybe a few other folks get in. Now that it is a clearly open House seat. And the Bessie seat, Mellorin's wife qualified for. So now the Bessie seat opens up. That's a powerful, highly political spot. I don't oh, know if you yeah. follow Bessie races. They spent upwards of a million dollars each on those races last time. Bessie, public education, K-12 is very political. So he's out of that. And now 
we see his wife, Stacy, has filed for that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm imagining she shares his same beliefs. But, um, I mean, I'm the political analyst. It could just be a placeholder. I expect you will now see several other names get into Bessie's seat. I think she's probably just being put there as a placeholder. Is she an educator at all? I, I know nothing about her. She, okay. again... We knew him. We didn't know her. Right. So I don't want to speak about a candidate I know nothing about. So why is he, the Bessie member, running for House? Can you give us the, the give us the inside scoop? I kind of have an idea of what happened. Um, I, you know, well, what do you think happened? I mean, knowing a, a little inside politics, um, I believe he's the law partner of Alan Seaball. He's an attorney by trade. I think that, that in general, um, attorneys tend to more like the legislature. It's more what they do. Um, I think that running for Bessie, if you start to look at things um, lining up, I mean, the, the legislature, it's funny, Bessie in many ways is a larger elected office, but many view the legislature as a more powerful elected office. Bessie's certainly more powerful within education. If K-12 mm -hmm. is your issue, that is the board. But let's be honest, the legislature approves the MFP formula. Bessie things still have to largely go to the legislature. Less, Bessie is a regulatory body. Okay. It regulates K-12. The legislature is the legislative body. It makes law. Oh. So I, I think he's looking at the opportunity to go over and maybe, you know, line up for a 12-year um um, House seat, if he can get House six, you tend to get reelected and reelected. Mm -hmm. And then if his law partner, Alan Seaball, wins a Senate seat, that might align him to be on a right cycle for a Senate yeah. seat. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Just a, a helpful tip from your Uncle Mike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't eat pizza with onions and pepperoni. Oh, and man. At about, you know, 9 o'clock <gasps> at night. No, you didn't. What, would, what was I thinking? Tell me you didn't wash it down with some brewskis, too. No. Okay, good. All right. No, Diet Dr. Pepper. Oh, man. So that's all gurgling in the tummy? <sighs> I'm still hurting, you <laughs> When will I realize I'm not 22 and still in college? I know. You can't eat a big pile of pizza. chicken wings at yeah. night. Yeah. You can't do it. Mm -mm. What the? Oh. I did a salad last night. Thank goodness. Well, that's what I'm doing today, by the yeah, way. Yeah. It's all green stuff. And a friend of mine and I have lunch just about every Friday for the past 30 years. Oh, wow. At least okay. every Friday. For, mm -hmm. for years, it was more than once a week. Hold on. Are you? Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. I don't need to hear all this. I'm telling you, I'm sorry. I'm I don't hurting. need to hear all that. Um, but yeah, we're, we're doing a, we're doing a grilled chicken salad or. Okay. Yeah. Something soft. Yeah. <laughs> soft and mild. I'm not doing our normal fried fish. Oh, and don't get the blue cheese dressing or anything rich like that. Get no. something plain. Gonna, plain it's Jane. Gonna be easy today. Yeah. That, that will. Uh, look, I did a little work yesterday on the, um, blue line solutions stuff. Because I know you were upset about your school zone doesn't have the cameras yet. That's right. So I tried to Damn find it, out man. what school zones do have them. And there's a long list. There is a long list. You can see that at keelnews.com. They do have them on Ockley near AC Steer for what it's worth. So that's what the list from the, anything to me. Yeah, from the police department. They do have them over there. I know your part of Ockley was uh, included on the list and i don't know i haven't been able to get anybody from the city to tell me have they installed all of the ones they're going to install are they done installing 
Uh, have they made it to phase three? But they've got a pile of cameras up and going. And I also asked, because last year, you know, when they first started the program, they had a little grace period. You know, right, the first few right. weeks, it was, you know, uh, be nice, just send you a warning. That ain't going to happen this year. There's no grace period this year. So if you get a ticket in a school zone in Shreveport, you're going to get a ticket. And now you can appeal, and there is no longer the $50 fee to appeal you used to pay a $50 fee to appeal now you don't have to do that but you do have to appeal it to blue line solutions and then your case would go before a hearing officer the city's hiring some more hearing officers to take care and of the they're backlog. opening a lo- an office locally too they are they're going to have a space they've put them in a space at the uh, police station they have some minor renovations to do cao tom dark and i were conversing about that yesterday they have some minor renovations to do to that space and then Blue Line will staff it. They promised to staff it. I'm waiting to see, are they really going to hold to that promise and have somebody here that you can call and go, look, I don't think this ticket's valid. I, you know, I, right. I think there's a problem with these flashing lights or whatever, because they did come back and in all these school zones where there are cameras, they said they were going to install flashing lights and, you know, the warning signs and all that saying this is monitored by cameras. So, Keep that in mind. Those school zones will be up and going. The hours that they're operating, it's again, that's all at keelnews.com. Uh, 6.30 to 8.30 at the elementary schools, 7 to 9 at middle and K through 8, and high schools 7.30 to 9.30 in the afternoon hours, 2 to 4, 2.30 to 4.30, and 2.30 to 4.30. So Okay, wait. Now, what are those hours? 6.30 to 8.30. <laughs> wait a minute. Hey, I got a lot of ammo down here. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Tell me that wasn't easy. It might hit you in the tummy and you'll explode (laughs) like the girl from Willy Wonka. (laughs) But did she actually explode? Did she explode? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. We got a big day today. We're going to be talking about uh, early childhood education. Um, That program, Christy Gustafson's coming in. Um, We're also going to have Jeff Sato in the 8 o'clock hour talking Mm -hmm. all things political, which should be fun. Uh, there's a, a show opening at Marjorie Lyons Playhouse, Misery. Oh, wow. The, the Kathy Bates, James Kahn film. Oh, what a great film. Uh, it's a stage production. Okay. I actually stopped by the theater yesterday. Did you? Just to see if anybody was there. It was in the middle of the day. Nice. And there was one guy sitting there. Uh, Seth was working on some of the... Uh, it's going to be interesting. Oh, I love that it's movie. It's going to be interesting. I love that book, too. I'm, he's working on the set. I'll say that. Oh, nice. And so, I haven't read the book. Oh, you need to. It's good. I haven't seen the movie. What is wrong with I you? Just, I just never, just never watched it. Kathy I never got it. Bates was genius. Yeah, she's good. Genius. She's good. That in that, and in fried green tomatoes. Oh man, right. That's one of our. That's one oh, of our favorite movies. Love that movie. What is the insurance line? <laughs> Face it, girls. You may be younger, but I'm older and have more insurance. Yes, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Love that line. Love that line. So, yeah. That's going to be fun. We're going to have Blaine Weaver joining us in studio. Yeah, Blaine Weaver's coming in. After uh, 8.30. He plays the James Conn character. Oh, the victim. <laughs> Paul, I think, is the author. Yes. He plays an author. It's right. an author. And, Ooh. and uh, the, the woman... Heather Pete Heather Pete Hooper okay um, is a is his number one fan and oh, abducts him apparently yeah. yikes yeah we'll find out about that that's a psycho movie a mm-hmm. horror, yeah a mm-hmm. horror on stage oh it's gonna be cool very interesting yeah definitely I've never seen anything like that so. mm-hmm. uh, Barry Milligan by the way 
shook things up politically. What did he ever? And uh, we'll play that coming up in about uh, 10 minutes. Mike and McCarty. One- Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One hundred one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty, State Senator Barry Milligan announced on Wednesday, I think, mm-hmm. that he was not seeking re-election. Yep, and set off just a, a domino effect mm-hmm. across local politics. Yep. Uh, now this person's not running for this; they're running for this, and right. that person's going to now run for this person. Mm-hmm. And Charlie Hennington, the same thing <laughs> yesterday. Tax assessor decided he's going to hang it up. I'm told he told his staff he was done. Like qualifying, and last day of qualifying Didn't days. qualify, and uh, I think a couple of his staffers jumped in the race. Um, we'll see what happens there. Well, they That's had to another bolt one. down to the... To, the, the <laughs> Run across City the hall, hall. Yeah. yeah. Run to the clerk's office oh, and that's fill true. it in. That's yeah. true, yeah. Right across the courthouse uh, yeah. stairs there. But anyway, um, Milligan explains why he bailed out. It's, it was interesting. I thought it might have something to do with the chaos down there. It's more personal yeah. than that. And he explains why he made the decision that mm-hmm. he made. And uh, you can hear that decision coming up after the break with Mike and McCarty. one Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. And on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, State Senator Barry Milligan joining us. Barry, good morning. Thanks for talking with us. Good morning. Good morning. How are y'all? Well, we're doing very well. Uh, You kind of dropped a bomb yesterday. Is that... I did. It was a bit of a shock, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I think you surprised a lot of people. You, you've you already had a fundraiser. I mean, there are signs out in yards, but then you announced that you're not running for uh, your seat. Tell us when you made that decision and why. Well, it had been on my mind for two or three weeks now, and we've been having discussions with the family. And, and you know, it takes a, a sacrifice to the family to even get behind a, a candidate to run. And then it takes a sacrifice of the family to allow a candidate to serve. And obviously, serving from North Louisiana, it means I'm I'm gone more than I'm home. And I I, I kind of got the impression as we went through and we started our preparation and we started campaigning a little bit and fundraising that that the family um, just wasn't overly excited about it. Um, I, I mean, certainly they support me and they say, yes, let's go and whatever you want to do. But but I could tell. And when I started having conversations with them, um, the words that I heard was, you know, Dad, we miss you. Um, you know, my wife is, you know, we, we miss you. You're, you're rarely home uh, with your job in the Senate. And we have two new grandbabies. And and they did point to, to health issues that I've had over the years, which I like to think are self-inflicted. But but they they're there and, and tell us about those Barry what what's what what health issues somebody saying with hand surgery what what specifically ha- happened that you can share with us well I'll tell you and and, and I'll tear up, I can tear up a steel ball Aaron uh, you know over the past four years I've I've broken my neck I've had neck surgery I've had two back surgeries and then a week before 
this past legislative session, I was I was helping my dad uh, in his garden, and we were cutting some metal, and the saw got away, and it it it, it cut all the tendons across the top of my hand. Ah. But we had to repair those, and then obviously go down the session. But yeah, that's the story of my life. Though. That's I, I could tear up a steel ball real easy. Um, but you know, like the back issues, when when you sit in in a car uh, for hour after hour, and then you sit in meetings after hour, and you sit on the floors after hours, hours after hours, it it just takes its toll. But I'm I'm willing to the, the health issues. I I can put those aside. I, that, that's not going to slow me down much. But that was one of the things they pointed out to me, um, and they were just concerned, and and they kept pointing to two new grandbabies that are that are one and three that I rarely get to see, even though I live in the same neighborhood. So it's, it's a combination uh, you know, of things. It's family. Look, it's family. Look, I didn't, I, I, I am not a politician. I, I went down to be a public servant and, and to serve the needs of Northwest Louisiana, and it has been the greatest blessing, and I have enjoyed every moment of it. And and honestly, I, I you know, I'm not done. I, w- I would love to go back someday. I would love to be able to serve in, in, a, in any capacity that moves North Louisiana forward. But at times you have to step back and say, what's the most important thing in your life? And the further that we got to, to towards qualifying, the, the more we looked at that and said, you know, as a family unit, it's, it's just not time. Barry, you, you, you know, yes, yes, ma'am. Barry Milligan, we're talking state senator. I, I want to ask you this because I'm I'm curious and I think maybe your answer is yes, but I want to ask it. Did the way the session ended in such a chaotic manner um have an impact on this too that you were like you feel like you're powerless when things happen like like they did you know the it's it that didn't make up my decision i I will tell you that i was disappointed with the way session ends we we worked so hard to to be able to to work together and, and 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 make things uh right for louisiana and take care of louisiana only for the train the train to leave the tracks and in in the final moments and and we're disappointed in that um, and, and I guess you can point to, to that and say politics, right? And, mm-hmm. and, but I don't, I don't like playing those games. That's not, that's not who I am. Um, I, I went down there to, to serve Northwest Louisiana and Louisiana as a whole and do the best job I can do. And, and when you work hard, um, you know, for 60 straight days in a, in a session only to find out that, that all your hard work in the final moments, uh, you know, somebody takes control, basically hijacks and moves it in whatever direction they want to, as related to the budget. Um, that's that's upsetting. Mm-hmm. But no, that didn't that didn't that didn't cause my answer. I, I I you know, you take the good with the bad, and and there's there are so many good folks down there that we work with as a team and and try to move the the ball forward. You've got two children. We're talking with Barry Milligan, state senator. Um, how how old are your kids? So my oldest is. 26 and my youngest is, is 21 uh she's a senior at northwestern and she's engaged and planning to get married she was planning to get married in november of this year and i said no no that's not going to work <laughs> and so we pushed it back to next year uh but that that's on your mind too right and mm-hmm. as you know weddings are, are not only a planning nightmare but they, they're they're costly and so there's so many things that go into a, a decision like this and, 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 and saying, hey, I'm going to step back and, and focus on the family and the priorities. And, and look, I'll, I'll tell you that in, in 2020, we, we all were sworn in and, 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 you know, we were all new and gung-ho. And we said, hey, we're going to go down and fight for 
for the to make changes to Louisiana to, to drive our you know our 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 population up instead of losing we're going to create jobs we're going to we're going to streamline uh, taxes we, there's so many things we want to do and 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 we we worked on every one of those and we moved the needle on every one of those things that I signed up to go do um, but then we also had COVID right we had mm-hmm. seven hurricanes we had a, a winter storm from hell that impacted 42 parishes uh, I mean you name it the the you know the Flood outbreaks, just and, and you were, and we need to say you were, you were head of Homeland Security Committee, so you had to go to all those meetings. Every one of them, and I'll tell you, between in 2020, between March when we were sworn in and October, the end of October when I came home, I was only able to come home 14 days in that time period. I was there every day for meetings with the governor, with GoSEP, disaster recovery, you name it. In 21. I was going 162 days in 21. I let didn't me, even count in 22. Let me ask you this, Barry. You you made a call, I'm told, to Thomas Presley to encourage him to run for your seat. I assume you now endorse him in in his effort I, to run for Senate. Sure. Thomas is a dear friend of mine. We work together well. I think he's an excellent representative for 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 this district, for this for this part of the state, for Northwest Louisiana. He's a huge advocate for Shreveport. He's a huge advocate for, for for economic development. Very intelligent, hardworking, dedicated young man, and, and I'm I'm proud to call him friend. You know, Thomas had always told me, he said, if if you if, when you're term limited or if you ever decide not to run, uh, I, I want to run for your seat. And I said, well, Thomas, you'd be the first one I called. And when when I started sitting down with the family and having these conversations. Um, I, I, I felt like I was abandoning the district. I felt like I was abandoning the state, uh, like I was being selfish for stepping away. And, and I called Thomas and I said, Hey, are you, are you still interested in, in running for Senate District 38? And he said, Yes, I am. What's going on? And I explained and I said, I haven't made a decision, but just, just be ready. And he said, I, I'm happy to run for my house district. I love serving my house district. He's very good at serving his house district. He said, but if I need to step up to the bigger role, I'm, I'm ready. And so I finally had to make the decision, um, and, and I called Thomas, and, and he graciously jumped in. So, mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. Barry Milligan, State Senator, look, thank you for your time. You're leaving some big shoes to fill. Mm-hmm. We appreciate your work. I, it's the greatest blessing of my life. I'm, I'm hoping not to go too far. I, I'm, I'm hoping to continue to serve in any capacity. Uh, that that moves Shreveport, that moves uh, you know Northwest Louisiana forward. I'm I'm there. Thank you, Barry. We appreciate your time. Thank you. I appreciate y'all. All right. Uh, speaking of Thomas Presley, he's going to join us coming up at eight forty. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on one hundred one seven FM and seven ten Keel. Total number of folks that qualified for governor is it like sixteen? Hold on, is it some long? Yeah, let me look here. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, 
7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. I think it's like 16. Wow. Wow. Wags got in. Okay. Uh, and I was real worried Jeffrey Istry made it, though. So. Jeffrey Istry did? Yeah. yeah he, okay. He, 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 I was worried about he and Frank Skurlock. <laughs> Skurlock's the one that, ew, ew. I don't, we, uh, uh, allegedly, I, you know, we don't know any truth about, stop it. That's not appropriate. Not appropriate. I'm just taking a sip of my Red Bull. (laughs) Qualifying's over. Now the, um, now the races start. I mean, it's, um, it's going to be a a busy season between now and October 14th, which is election day. Right. Um, I'm looking forward to, um, in our eight o'clock hour, Dr. Jeffrey Sato is going to join us and talk about, you know, he he's he lives and breathes all this stuff, kind of like Scott Hughes does. And so he's going to delve into it and, and kind of point out some of the surprises, things he's watching. Gary Risponi qualified for lieutenant governor. No, he did not. Really? Yep. No party. Now, is, is he related same, to Eddie? No. Is it? That's not Eddie, okay, is it? No, it this is be. Gary. That's right. I wonder if they're related. What? Risponi, common, I can't be who else that was lieutenant common. governor? We got like uh, Bruce Fleming. Hart. Fleming Fleming's running for treasurer, right? Uh, let's see, lieutenant governor Paul Paul Guillory. I love that they put this on the <laughs> qualifying form. Yep, Paul Paul Albert Paul Paul Guillory. Okay, Tammy Hotard, Willie Jones, okay. William Billy Nungesser. Okay, uh, Bruce Payton, Chester Pritchett. I want to elect him just so we can have our name. Chester Pritchett. (laughs) Lieutenant Governor Chester Pritchett. I love you, Billy, but Chester sounds darn good. (laughs) And then Gary Risponi. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Large field for Secretary of State. Mm -hmm. Uh, Attorney General. Uh, Yeah, here's Fleming. Treasurer. Treasurer. Okay. Yeah. John Fleming. He, he might have a shot at that. You know, we might have a North Louisiana candidate that's got a contender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Win a national, I mean, a national, win a statewide election. That's interesting. From North Louisiana. That would be kind of cool. Man, subways for everyone. <laughs> I had lunch yesterday. Love, Did you? I love me Subway. some Subway. Yeah, exactly. So it's going to be a busy season. Mike Strain unopposed. Mm hmm. For Commissioner of Agriculture and Forestry. He's been the Ag Commissioner for a long time. Christy Gustafson uh, is going to discuss early childhood education. She's with the Community Foundation. She'll be in studio with us coming up after the local news. Micah McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keel. One one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. You know what? We're through this during the whole newscast. We've been talking with Christy. <laughs> I've learned everything I need to know. We're finished. Oh, Thank we, you very much. We haven't gotten to the whole pool of money. Save it for the radio. I know. I know. We'll do it all. <laughs> Christy Gustafson. Christy, I, you're, tell me your official title. I know you're. I am the chief the, executive officer. CEO. Yes. Mm-hmm. CEO. Yes. Uh, of uh, of uh, the Community Foundation here in Shreveport. Thank mm-hmm. you for coming in. Thank you all for having me. Yeah. I want to talk about the, um, the city council this week passed a measure to give some of the Blue Line Solution money 
to um, early childhood education. But the bigger picture is there's a pool of money the state has set aside for early childhood education. But we have to do some sort of match to get a share of it. And New Orleans was getting the bulk of it. That's kind of what was happening. Well, so the imagine that I'm going to toot Shreveport torn too because we came along just as New Orleans did. So the state legislature set up the Louisiana Early Childhood Fund, I believe, in 2017. Um, this is um, I don't want to say it's typical, but it's a little t- typical. It had it was not funded. Okay. In other words, they set up the fund and they didn't put any money in it for several years. Right. So um, in 2018, um, we had. The Community Foundation put on a, an early childhood education summit for Northwest Louisiana to look at our kindergarten readiness scores here because 60% of our kids in both Caddo and Bossier Parish at the time were showing up not kindergarten ready. 60%? Over half of the kids. Okay, mm-hmm. so why does that matter? You know, it matters because it really dictates the success of the kids educationally for the rest of their lives. There was this huge study done at Johns Hopkins of like 8,000 children followed from preschool up to fourth grade. And what it showed is essentially if you are not kindergarten ready, you're going to struggle through education the rest of your life. You really can't catch up. It's because 90% of your brain Isn't that incredible? Develops mm-hmm. when you wouldn't think, oh, kindergarten, yeah. they're yeah. coloring. It's not yeah. important. Yeah. But it is. It is. It's because 90% of your brain develops before you attain the age of five, which is a little bit terrifying as a parent, right? Wow. <laughs> it is scary. So what happens is, too, is what Johns Hopkins found and other studies since that not only do kids struggle educationally, but it also... Um, there's a major correlation with kindergarten readiness and whether they stay in school or drop out, whether they um, are involved in the juvenile justice system. And, you know, we know juvenile justice involvement increases your involvement in um, adult justice um, issues. And so we're looking at this, you know, problem as a society and saying we've got to, we can't start at, at third grade reading, we can't start at kindergarten. We got to start when kids are born and make sure that everybody gets the tools they need, mm-hmm. or we're never going to have any real significant changes. So, you applied for how much of the money? So, what we did was the first year, Community Foundation said, Hey, community, we'll raise a million dollars to get a million dollar match. Because <clears throat> Because you can't get any of that state money unless you match it. Can't has to be, and it has to be locally raised. It can't be state money. In other words, if you've got state money flowing through one thing or another, like if it was flowing through the school board, um, we and it was MFP money. Yeah, we can't. We can't, right. we can't okay. use it. We got to raise it. So we raised the first year. We raised a million dollars and got a million dollar match, and that was the first year that it was eligible. And I think that year New Orleans did like three million. And so I felt really excited about that and in fact the governor invited me somebody from new orleans and stephen Wagasback, who's actually now running for governor mm-hmm. funny enough from lobby to talk about the importance of of early childhood education and i love that this has become a bipartisan effort in baton rouge and i think we have a really unique opportunity to make it the same in shreveport so we got that million dollar match and we gave out um, two million dollars in scholarships for kids ages zero to three to go to type three child care centers. So th- the cool thing about it is those are privately owned businesses. So not only are we getting kids in school, 
we're getting we're giving their families the ability to go to work or go to school because now they've got a safe place for a kid to go and we're supporting those small businesses what's a type three child care center so a type three child care center is one that is um able to receive state funding um in other words for kids that are low income they can get subsidies from the state like this fund we're talking about mm-hmm. but in order to do that they had to they have to adhere to the state curriculum standards and they get graded by the state which has been a really great and forward thinking thing that Louisiana did because what it's done is Louisiana is saying we don't we're not going to make preschool part of public education we're going to let it stay privatized but we're going to incentivize you private business owners um with funding and and what it's resulted in is all of these type 3 child care centers we are seeing the quality of those centers go up every year it's like the natural market is driving the the Okay the increase in um, capacity. And can can you stay with us? Because sure. I want to talk a lot more about this. Yes. Like, how do you become one of those centers that's yes. involved? Yes. How do you get your child in yes. and all that sort of stuff? Christy, go. Turn that back on. Christy <laughs> Gustafson with the uh, Community Foundation in with Mike and McCarty. 1017. Back to the big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. In studio with CEO of Community Foundation of Shreveport, Christy Gustafson, joining Mike and McCarty, 101.7 FM, 710 Keel. Now, how much city money has been pledged that you can use to get some of the matching money for early childhood education? If you're just joining us, there's a state pool of money, but you have to put up local dollars to get any of it, to get a match. Yeah. Cities pledged how much? So last year, so the, that was the fall of 2022, um, the city had, and I think, I couldn't tell you exactly, it's, I think it was COVID funding from somewhere, but I don't know. But the city put up nearly $3 million to get a nearly $3 million state match. And, um, I mean, that was like the best day of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was really cool about it, Aaron, is city council unanimously voted no comment to put that money up last year. Wow. Which, you know, it, you know, it's just, again, goes to the importance and the bipartisan nature of, of, of this whole venture. So city puts up $3 million, which now we have a $3 million state match. So right now, in the year of 2023, there's $6 million worth of scholarship money for children ages 0 to 3 that are low income to go to type three child care centers. We, How many kids does that impact? Six million. So you're looking, the average cost is like 8,500 a kid. So okay. 600 so, plus children. Wow. And what I can tell you is when we look at those numbers of kids that are not kindergarten ready, mm-hmm. it's about 1,500 kids. 600 is a significant number oh, yeah. compared to the not ready number. So that, it's huge. And the most amazing thing is We've gotten so much state attention because the only other city that's putting up anything at all is New Orleans. Now, New Orleans did a millage. Now they're getting $20 million out of the match. Whoa. And we're getting three, but we're in second place. Okay. And what I'm hearing from Department of Ed is you guys are in a priority position because you got in at the very beginning with New Orleans. And so you get, we got to keep that matching level up 
to mm-hmm. at least three million to meet so the demand. So what about the parish commission stepping up? And, and they have a they have a lot of money. They have a lot of skin in this game with our children. Are they going to help too? Well, I'm actually going to go talk to them about it. And I think, you know, I was telling our our city councilman who I, I cannot thank our council enough for getting the funding last year and and then dedicating some funding this year, um, which we can talk about in a minute. But this has to be a community-wide effort for it to be sustainable long-term. I mean, it's not sustainable for just the city or just the commission to do this. I would like everyone to come together and talk about how do we sustain this long-term. I mean, you know, you could even have an endowed fund that spins off some revenue Mm -hmm. every year so we don't have to raise all of it. And Community Foundation, we had originally said we will raise um, a million dollars for three years for this purpose. And so um, we did not raise money last year because the need was met by the city entirely, but we're going to start raising money again. Now, how do you choose the child care centers that participate and how do the children, how do the parents get their children involved? So um, the child care centers, this was really easy. So there are like around 4550 uh, type 3 child care centers in Caddo Parish. The first thing we did was the head of the Ready Start Network here um, surveyed all the centers and said, who can expand? And then we put together a um, steering committee of experts in early childhood, and we looked at the quality scores that they were getting. You know, I told you the state ranks Mm -hmm. them. and, um, And so we chose 10 schools originally from that were of the highest quality and that could have um, more classrooms. You know, if you can't expand, if you're out of room. Right, you you can't be involved, yeah. Yes. So then, and now we've added, I think it's seven more, and we've got several more that have approached and are coming down the pipeline. So the more more funding we get, the more kids we can place in these centers. Are these citywide? In every district except for one, which is... um, um, Grayson Butcher's district. There's not one currently. There's not to say that there's not any located there, but they're not, there's not one currently receiving funding. But every other district has um, multiple sites that are receiving funding. So, and how do children get involved? What do parents have to do? So this is the best thing the state did. So parents go to Caddo Parish schools just the same way they would apply for kindergarten, and they do one application. And um, the lady who runs this program, oh, my gosh, she's the best ever, Pam Crook. She figures out, based on what the parents say, where the kid can get placed and with what funds they can get placed there. Um, So, you know, if it's, for example, the city funding has to go for kids that are going to school in the city. But if there's a kid that is wanting to go to school outside city limits and we've got centers outside city limits, she'll allocate some of the matching dollars from the state for that purpose. So she, she figures out school site all that stuff based on the need of the parent and then um goes from there so it's one it's the caddo parish ready start network one easy application there are those who are going to say why is this a city government or parish government uh issue why is this not the school board that is doing more to get this matching money um how do you respond to that well, a couple of things. One, um, you know, the school board has never been tasked with educating children ages zero to four. Now, recently, they've gotten money for K-4. And so we're really looking at kids that are zero to three. And that just is not within the scope of what the school system. That's has. not in the scope of what the city council would do either. You follow me? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, why is, it, <laughs> why is it a community issue? I mean, the fact of the matter is... 
if you want to encourage your employees to come to work, if you want to lower crime numbers, if you want to get kids more educated, if you want to bring in more revenue to the city, study after study after study says spend your money on children in preschool to change the trajectory mm-hmm. of their lives. Because what did, what did Dr. Roseman say, Mike, when he was here? This was, this. Aaron and I just looked at each other when he said this, that the state looks at the the need for jail cells, the need for beds in the future by determining or looking at third grade reading scores. Yep, absolutely. I That's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. Yeah. So think about it like this. I I told Aaron this during the break. I hit the parent lottery. Both of my parents were teachers. Mm. Um, that wasn't through anything I did. That was luck. Right. There are a lot of parents that just for one reason or another are not equipped to get their parent their children kindergarten ready and it may be that they work too much it may be that they don't have the tools or the skills to do that it may be that they don't understand the importance of kindergarten readiness so you know every kid to me from the moment they're born deserves a shot an equal shot at doing well Mm-hmm. As a human being, and there and are there are going to be those who say, "Well, it you know it's it's a lot of the parents' fault. They're not taking the time to read to their kids. They're not spending time getting to know the teachers. It's the parents' fault that their kids aren't ready for school." What do you say to those folks? Well, that's not that's not untrue. Mm-hmm. But do those kids still matter? Of course they do, and I think too. You know, one of the things that I mean, if you look at the the great percentage of kids that are not kindergarten ready. I mean, we're talking over half of the kids in the parish. One of the issues is, is I think that we have been sold a bill of goods that is not true, and that is, hey, this phone or this television will help your child with language development. Mm -hmm. And study after study shows that until they're like in third or fourth grade, electronics don't help. And so I think there are lots of parents that think, I'm doing the right thing by giving my kid you know, this ABC app, well, what we know is the way the brain develops, you have to have an exchange of language with another human being to develop those synapses when you're a little person. Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yes. These Zoom classes that the schools did (laughs) for, you know, for a year. Well, I mean. How detrimental was that? Well, you are exchanging. I mean, those are real human beings that you're talking to. Yeah, but it's not face-to-face interaction. You're not learning social skills. You're not learning to share. You're not learning how to interact with humans. You need the human interaction. The the screen just isn't going to cut it. And so, you know, for, for parents that need a place for their child to go during the day so they can go to work or they can go to school or whatever. Um, you know, these child care centers are the best mm-hmm. shot for the family, too, economically, because it allows them to go out and work and go to school. Absolutely. Christy Gustafson, we could do this for a whole hour. I can't yeah. thank you enough yeah. for your time. Can you tell I'm passionate? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if folks do want to donate, they want it to go strictly to this cause, yes. they can do it through the Community Foundation? Yes, cfnla.org slash ECE. Uh, you can call us if you have questions and I can explain to you. And I have to say this too, Erin. We take zero dollars. We're not taking an administrative fee. That Every single dollar that is raised and every single matching dollar from the state is going to scholarships. And, and when you go. say we take zero dollars, you mean go to the community Community foundation is taking zero dollars. Right. The Caddo Schools is taking zero dollars. All we do is filter that money to the type three child care centers directly there for whatever kid is 
wow. scholarship. Awesome program. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. 101.7 FM. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Keel. Kitty update. Yeah, are you scratched all up again? You gotta see, Aaron. Oh my god! I got scratches all up my legs and arms. Wow! These little we found out they're like four, three, three, four weeks old. Very young. Oh, I think they were too babies. young to be. Yes, taking off mama's teeth. Yes, but they're we're we're, gonna, we're getting them on solid food. Okay, but I digress. How's Bo, my uh, friend Bo? My grandpuppy is. Um, I'm a bad dog grandparent. I'm just telling you. I'm um I'm I'm taking no, over. Not. I'm taking over the Bo care, and uh, since my son's been gone, and I've just realized yesterday, based on something Bo did, that I'm I'm not a good doggy grandparent. I was going to, um, I'm, I'm not taking him out enough. His daddy used to take him out and just let him run in a field, okay, you know, all by I'm, himself. Yeah, I will say you got to take him out. They got to exercise. And he, um, but I'm afraid he won't come back to me and his daddy could catch him. This is not catching Bo. I'm not <laughs> catching Bo. We know that. So yesterday. <laughs> this is not catching Bo. You don't Bo. have to laugh so damn loud. <laughs> oh, both of you. I'm laughing out of pure empathy. So I come out and I had a I had an errand to run where I didn't have to really get out of the car. It was a drive through bank transaction thing I needed to do. And so I said, and I'm, I, I can't even say the words out loud because for fear Bo might be listening right now. <laughs> I have to go, you know, I, if I say the words B-Y-E, B-Y-E. Wait, wait, wait. B-Y-E, B-Y-E. Baby? I, wait, wait. <laughs> I don't. He goes through the roof. Bye-bye. So if I come out of my room and I go out in the living room where he's just chilling in his little area and I say, you want to go bye-bye? <laughs> Mike, <laughs> he almost, yesterday he almost did a backflip. Okay. He is jumping. And he's and not a small dog, no, by the way. No, he's a big boy. Yes. He is spinning around in a circle. Just, I mean, spinning. Oh. And then he's jumping up like he's going to do a backflip. The moment I say B-Y-E, B-Y-E. Well, you can say it here. Ruben's oh, not going to jump oh, up right. and start okay, y'all running aren't around. <laughs> Change your I don't tails. know he might. <laughs> when he hears bye-bye. And I felt so bad. Right. I thought he's so excited to go by. I'm not taking him enough. People post these videos like on Instagram and they go, I'm, I'm, I'm pretending to be on a phone call using my dog's favorite words. Oh, no. Oh, hi, Lisa. Oh, did you get a treat? <laughs> really? Oh, were you at the park? Oh, no. And of course the dog's just. Oh. Yes. I'm like. That's just cruel. And if I say the word squirrel, if, oh, I mean, there's a ton of words if you say. <laughs> he goes, runs up the stairs and looking out, where's the squirrel? Where's the squirrel? So we went for our little bye-bye trip yesterday, and I realized we have to go more often. So Good we're going to We're going to come by and drop him off in your backyard later today, and you let him run and go crazy, okay? My dog does not like other dogs. Mine might eat the kittens, too, so I'm just warning and, you. And Bo would kill my dog. Now, my dog will put up a good fight. She's a pit bull mix. <laughs> She'll put up a good fight, and she's not scared of nothing. Oh, they would be scrapping. But I have to put a whole harness on her when I take her for oh, a walk. Oh, wow, because, yeah. I mean, she just, we got her at the pound. She mm-hmm. was already an adult. Right. So habits were formed, mm-hmm. you know. We do our best. I'm just having guilty feelings about not not making the grade with my grandpuppy. <laughs> 
Don't worry. So well. <laughs> Take huh. him out more. Yeah, okay. 1017 FM 710. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. I didn't marry you officially. <laughs> Back off. I have more ammo down here. Home or work wife. I have an empty coffee mug I could toss. Good. <laughs> I won't be able to refill it for you anymore if you break it on my skull. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and it would break on your skull. <laughs> Sorry, yep. that was me. Yep. Yep. <laughs> What's your uh, plan? You got a busy weekend. Oh What's going gosh. on with you? We've got uh, yeah Saturday. We've got I've got a kind of funeral to go th- to Saturday morning. Okay, uh, and then in the afternoon I'm going to auditions for. Uh, I'm really I love Neil Simon. I've I've done okay. Biloxi Blues. I played Sergeant Toomey. Oh, that was about a hundred pounds ago. Um, I played uh, Oscar Madison. I've done the, the Odd Couple twice. And love love Neil Simon, mm-hmm. and they're doing Barefoot in the Park at Emmett Hook Center coming up in auditions wow. for this weekend. So wow. I'm going to go, yeah. And then we're doing a fundraiser for the Humane Society of Northwest Louisiana uh, at Great Raft Brewing. They're having their bingo night, and I'm calling bingo Very for cool. the Humane Society on the Saturday afternoon at Great Raft. So bingo for the Humane Society. It's open to the public, right? Absolutely. Oh, that's going to be a cards and have fun with us. That's going to be a hoot. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And then we're driving to Kilgore on Sunday to have lunch at my son's restaurant. Goodness, you're going to be... my son's <laughs> restaurant, the one that he works He's at. He's working at there, to, yeah. I don't want to try to mislead anybody. But that's awesome. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to get back to work on Monday and relax. Yeah. <laughs> I get that, definitely. <laughs> uh, also tonight, if Ruben wasn't playing at eleven o'clock, yeah, <laughs> I would. I'd love to go see the show. It's a, it's a rare headlining event for us. We're going to be uh, closing out the show. Blanket of M and uh, the Beer Monkeys from Texas are going to be there. It should be a fun old time over that- at Bears. Cool. One hundred seven FM seven. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. I'm I'm I still want to find out. I want the local office of Blue Line Solutions to open because mm-hmm. I want to call. Do you? I want to okay. find out where they're doing their cameras. All right. The list of the cameras, existing cameras, right now is at keelnews.com. You can see all the existing cameras. Now, when it was rolled out, it was rolled out in phase one, phase two, and was supposed to be a phase three. And uh, I'm not sure if they've got more cameras to install. I asked Tom Dark that yesterday. Are there still more cameras to install? And he said he was going to check on that for me. I did also ask, are there, uh, is there a grace period this year since school just started this week? Right. Is there going to be a grace period of these tickets? Yeah. Uh, and he did not believe so. He saw that since this is the second school year they've been in effect, um, no, you're going to get a ticket. You're going to be responsible for that ticket. Now you can appeal it. 
There's no fee any longer to appeal it. And you would appeal to Blue Line <laughs> what, Solutions. What a great concept. Yeah. You want to appeal? Oh, you got to pay us. You do pay 50 bucks. And if you win, you get your 50 bucks back. But okay. Now they, now they did away with that but appeal But if you lose, fee. does it go toward your fine? Yeah, it would go toward your fine. Okay, now, so it wasn't just an added right. $50. Now, the appeal process will be on the ticket. When you get the citation, it will say, you know, if you object to this, blah, blah, blah. Because a lot of people say the lights were not blinking at the right times and the clock right. was off. And, and, they and that were, those were actual issues, there, though. There were lots of issues like that. Now blue lines come in. They've got flashing lights in all the zones where they have the cameras. And they have the proper signage out. And we have uniform um, times when those are in effect. So they're, you can see all those, those details. Times are kind of, look, I'm, they're kind of confusing. Yeah, it's a little bit confusing. They start at 6.30 for elementary. I don't have it right in front of me right at the moment. but 6.30 to 8.30 for elementary mm-hmm. and then 2 to 4. Middle and K through 8 public, 7 to 9 a.m., 2.30 mm-hmm. to 4.30. And then high school, 7.30 to 9.30. To, I mean, every one of them is different, mm-hmm. 2.30 to 4.30. Right. Because they have different start times for the school. Well, yeah, I understand. So you got to back it up about an. Uh, they typically back it up about an hour before school starts, um, and so that's kind of what they're doing. And you know, the thing is, the goal, and, and we all agree, the goal is is perfect. We don't want our kids hurt. We want our kids safe. Sure. We don't want the cars flying through those school zones. And if everybody knows there's cameras. Guess what? We're going to slow down. Well, you would think. You would hope so. So I'm I'm not sure. And I'm curious. We're going to get the stats of, you know, how many tickets were written this past school year by mm-hmm. Blue Line Solutions. How many total tickets? We have the dollar amount, I think. But I would love I would love to know how many total tickets how were much, mailed out. Are the tickets a standard rate or is it determining on the speed you go through the school zone? It may be, if, you know, how much over the speed limit you're going. I'm not sure. That's a good question. Dr. Jeffrey Sato going to join us coming up after the local news. Mike and McCarty, 101. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline this morning. Joining us, Doctor Jeffrey Sato from LSUS. Good morning, Doctor Sato. Thanks for your time. Oh, hi. Um, um, no problem. We uh, we know qualifying closed yesterday for the elections. Uh, all the races are closed now. The big one, of course, governor. Do you see any scenario where one candidate could win outright without a runoff? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sixteen candidates and, uh, you know, seven of them are, are uh, sitting on uh, at least uh, in a neighborhood of half a million dollars or more. So, yeah, no, they're they're in it to, to the finish. And, yeah, no, that's, that's just too fragmented of a field to, to sure. anybody win outright. Most likely scenario in the governor's race, the, the two to, to make the runoff. We know Sean Wilson probably from the Republican side. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, it's, uh, Jeff Landry is going to be joining him unless something very uh, unusual happens. I mean, we, we look at the polling, and uh, Wilson and Landry, they're bouncing between, say, a quarter and a third of the electorate, uh, and everybody else is in single digits. So uh, it's I don't think anyone's going to get out between now and then, and it's just it's just so hard to come back from that, particularly when 
you've got um, a lot of your these for these Republicans. Really, they're going to have to take votes from Landry. And when you're sitting on nine million dollars, uh, you know that's, that's just so hard to uh, to come back from that. There's just too much separation uh, at this point, really. So something really weird would have to happen for for any of them to be able to overtake Landry and get into that uh, other runoff spot. Scott Hughes told us yesterday um, Landry's the one Sean Wilson wants because Landry's the one Sean Wilson has a better chance of beating. Do you agree? Um, yeah, if uh, if you're saying that uh, you prefer a 2% chance of winning as opposed to a 1%, then yeah, that's true. But you think Sean Wilson has no chance of beating Landry? I mean, in the... Very, or- very slender. He's not a great candidate at all. Um, and it's just, you know, we look at the numbers, say, compared to eight years ago. Uh, he's not where he needs to be in order to, to be competitive uh, polling. So, you know, right now, if we just stopped everything and, and had an election between those two, uh, Landry wins uh, into double digits, so at least 55%. Any of these other candidates, Wagisback, Nelson, that have come in, do you see any surprises? No, um, you know, really you've got kind of two tiers uh, among the remainders. Um, that would be uh, Treasurer John Schroeder and then um, former gubernatorial uh, assistant Stephen Wagaspak. Uh, they'd be the, the two most likely to, to make any kind of run. Uh, we look at um, at uh, State Senator Sharon Hewitt, State Representative Richard Nelson. Uh, they really... They just—they really don't have the resources at this point to, to make much of a run at all. Uh, and then the, Hunter Lundy, the lawyer, who's running as an independent, I mean, he's got a ceiling of around 5%. Uh, he's been spending his own money left and right to get there. So yeah, they, uh, those three, you know, really, uh, it's, not, it's going to be difficult for them to get in double digits. So really, if you're going to see any move at all, it's going to be from those other two. But... Uh, I, I don't think there's going to be much of a move. They just uh, don't have the resources. They don't have the financial resources, endorsements, the activists working for them like Landry do, does. And so it, 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 they can make some movement, but I, I just don't see that it's going to be enough to overtake them again unless something really unusual happens. The other statewide races, what are some of the issues, what are some of the races that stand out that you're watching closely that are going to be interesting? Well, in, in terms of just the, the competition, you know, I'd say Secretary of State would be one of them. You've got um, uh, essentially uh, you, you have uh, Mike Francis, who's public service commissioner, has run for the office before, almost won it. Um, you have, uh, and he's kind of picking up the Republican banner there, uh, which is interesting because you have a, a, the Speaker of the House is another one of his opponents. Uh, but yeah, he's probably going to end up splitting the vote with the first assistant there uh, at the uh, at the office currency, Nancy Landry, who's also a former uh, member of the legislature. Um, and uh, then you've got uh, Len Collins Greenup. She is a Democrat, uh, and she's run for the office before and uh, scored around 20% of the vote. So. Uh, she can be competitive, but interestingly, kind of a last-minute entry was Arthur Morrell, who's a longtime uh, elected official in the New Orleans area, most recently as the clerk, 
uh, court down there. He's, he's about 80, but he threw his hat in the ring. So that's going to end up dividing that boat. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's really uh, kind of really un- unpredictable that the way this one is going to go. And if you, you really want to make things interesting, you've got, uh, yet again, this guy, Thomas Kennedy, who never campaigned, uh, and yet uh, the two times he's run, he's got uh, statewide, he's got like 9 and 19% of the vote. Uh, the theory being that um, he's mistaken with another famous politician in the state named Kennedy. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> a well-liked uh, politician. <laughs> yes, uh, the most popular politician in the state. So, um, yeah, that, that's another layer of unpredictability in that in that one. So, um, yeah, that uh, that I'd say Attorney General probably in terms of competition and uh, what could happen, I'd say that they're the the two. Uh, well, I don't know. I could even throw treasurer in there with the, mm-hmm. uh, John Fleming, our former congressman. Yeah. And uh, Scott Knight, that's going to be, McKnight, that's going to be a, uh, a neck and neck battle there. So, yeah, those are some of the more interesting statewide races. All right, uh, Dr. Sato, can you hold on with us through the break? And we're going to talk about some sure. local elections. Dr. Yeah, Jeffrey Sato with mm-hmm. LSUS uh, with Mike and McCarty. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. We're talking with Dr. Jeffrey Sato from LSUS on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Looking at local elections, of course, one of the biggest is the Cato Paris Sheriff's race. Uh, how do you see that shaping up? Well, the talk all along has been that you're going to see a, a contest really between uh, Henry Whitehorn, who's uh, had a number of law enforcement positions around here and at, at the state, and of course, is the CAO for the city uh, under uh, Mayor Adrian Perkins his last couple of years at least uh, as the uh, the main Democrat in the race. And then uh, John Nicholson, the um, Sheriff Steve Prater kind of endorsed candidate on the Republican side. Um, there are some interesting uh, wild cards uh, in there uh, that could detract from either their vote. Um, Hersey Jones, uh, local lawyer, uh, Democrat, making another run uh, for the office. Uh, and then uh, also another run, uh, Eric Hatfield, who was a constable and had rather controversial tenure as constable uh, for, for one of the uh, judicial districts in the area. Um, though he's running as a Republican uh, this time. Uh, th- those two probably will... will take some vote from Whitehorn Nicholson, but it's probably not going to be enough. Um, you actually have uh, also a, a controversial local lawyer uh, running as a Democrat, uh, Pat Gilly, and uh, the police chief of, of Greenwood, who, mm-hmm. along with Whitehorn, might be the most uh, accomplished law enforcement officers, experienced law enforcement officers uh, running. Uh, he's running as a Republican, but you know, in the end, I think it's really going to come down to Nicholson and and Whitehorn, and don't see these other having enough. Uh, Do you see a runoff vote. between them, or? Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. I think the, the votes fragmented enough. Uh, you look parish-wide at the, at the numbers. Uh, you've got um, about about fifty-fifty uh, white-black, and of course, most blacks being Democrats. So, you, know, you look at the at that, and you know, the fact that I think those two uh, can consolidate. Uh, the vote in those different blocks and 
Yeah, uh, I, I think he's going to be run off and he's going to come down to those two. Okay, let's th- the Barry Milligan bombshell this week, not running for re-election. Uh, shook, yeah. thing, shook things up all the way down the ballot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Assess that for us. Yeah, quite the, you know, kind of the musical chairs and, and, and some blast from the past uh, going on there. So, um, but yeah, uh, Republican Barry Milligan, one term, uh, District 38 Senate, he decides, uh, not to run, family matters, uh, and so, uh, you, you, you get this, this ripple effect apparently, uh, you want to, I guess, call it anything, where, uh, you have jumping into that, um, the, uh, present District 6, uh, representative, uh, Thomas, uh, Presley, a Republican, uh, then, uh, John Milkovich, who previously held the seat, and Milgan uh, knocked off. Uh, this time they're running as a Republican. Uh, and then one of um, Congressman Mike Johnson, ex-aides, uh, also running as a Republican. Uh, so that would be an interesting contest there. But So Presley leaves the 6th District, uh, and uh, sliding into that, on that, is Michael Mellory, who is the current Board of Elementary and Secondary Education representative from the area. Uh, so he jumps into that, uh, and there I think he's given the, the, you know, his uh, his position now and the demographics of that district. I think that he's a pretty clear favorite there. Uh, but now, of course, not running for Bessie, so his wife steps in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's running uh, against uh, uh, someone who, uh, Emma Shepard, a Democrat who, filed a run last time, but ended up uh, withdrawing from that, uh, and then uh, uh, another Republican. And, I, I, you know, you've got to consider uh, Stacey Mellorine the favorite in that one, too, given uh, her husband's network that he was able to accomplish to, to get himself elected to office. So, uh, yeah, kind of an interesting uh, musical chairs and ripple effects going on there. In the Bossier races, uh, Raymond Cruz elected with no opposition, but it looks like uh, some of the others in Bossier may have a... Uh some battles on their hands, or do you think the incumbents uh, have kind of smooth sailing? No, no. It's, there's going to be a number of, of close elections there. Uh, maybe the most uh, uh, interesting parish in the state as far as uh, legislative elections are going. Uh, you know, just uh, there, I mean, we start with the uh, what's now the 31st Senate District, which is about a third, a quarter to a third Bossier, but also uh, close to, to half Caddo and then a number of other parishes. Um, you have uh, Alan Seabaugh, uh, Republican in the 5th House District now, uh, term limited out. So he's trying to make the move over to the Senate uh, with uh, his opponent, also Republican, being longtime area popular basketball coach, uh, Mike McConaughey. Uh, that's going to go down to the wire. Uh, also close will be uh, District 9, uh, which is currently Dodie Horton, Republican, is representing that. But the district has changed somewhat. Uh, since then, and its boundaries through reapportionment, uh, and you know, I think she'll uh, face a tough challenge with the uh, local businessman, uh, also Republican Chris Turner, head a little bit north to the 36th district. Uh, Robert Mills is going to uh, the incumbent Republican is going to face quite a challenge there from um, Adam Bass, who's a Republican on the school board in in Bossier Parish. Um, that district also was considerably changed through reapportionment, so. Uh, that's, that's another one that's going to be close, uh, as a result of that. So, 
Uh, yeah, just and that's just at the state legislative level. You got some others. Uh, yeah, like, uh, like the 39th Senate District. That's going to be an interesting race. Cedric Glover yep. jumping into that with uh, Sam Jenkins, Barbara Norton, and then uh, Jim Slagle, a white Republican in the yep, race. Uh, yeah, Slagle's entry really kind of mixed things up there. It, uh, because the, the other three were kind of look until he got in and he gets in <laughs> every four years, more or less, or something. But, um, when he got in, that, you know, there was this idea that, well, whoever can consolidate the Republican vote in there is going to be the one that. Who's the, who's the Democratic front runner in that race? Who would you say is the Democratic front runner? I'm curious. Yeah, that's tough. Um, uh, I would, I, I think I'd give a, a narrow nod to, uh, to Glover. Uh, having been mayor, uh, I think, you know, even though a portion of that district, a decent sized portion is not in the city, this Glover is so well known. I mean, everyone's got their, their strengths. Uh, Norton, uh, of course, represented part of that area. She tried to run for it four years ago and, and, well, um, you know, got disqualified. Does she live in the uh, district for, now? Do we know? Uh, <laughs> I'm assuming the address I see is, is one that is in the district. <laughs> okay. But, uh, and then Sam Jenkins, of course, he's the, the leader of the Democrats in the House of Representatives and also elected from the district, part of the district. So, uh, you know, that's uh, that's going to be quite a, a barn burr, but I think I'm going to give the slight advance to Glover. Jeff Sato, thank you for your time. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Thank, you. thank you so much, Dr. Sato. Mike and McCarty, 101.7. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Keel. Well, you know, this is my wheelhouse. Oh, I know. This is There's two places that I'd rather be in the world other than with family mm-hmm. is on a film set yep. or in the theater. Mm-hmm. And I love the entire theater process. I love rehearsals. Yes. I love auditions. Mm-hmm. I love the whole thing. And we've got Blaine Weaver. He's a, a local actor. Uh, where do you spend most of your time, though? Are you? Uh, in- I live in Los Angeles these yeah. days, uh, but I am a Bossier boy. I'm mm-hmm. from South Bossier. Went to Parkway High School. And uh, I've been in L.A. and New York and then back to New York and then back to L.A. But, uh, yeah, I'm in L.A. these days. Well, you're the voice of Peter, Peter Pan for Disney. That's mm-hmm. right. I did a movie called Return to Neverland several years ago. And ever since then, uh, when Disney needs Peter Pan, they give me a call. That's so oh, cool. that's so cool. It's awesome. What a great job, right? Can you, you know? do, can you say Mike and McCarty on keel in Peter Pan's voice? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Then you'll never respect me again. Uh, <laughs> and I'd owe you money, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. i got to get paid for that. You are in yeah, exactly. uh, Stephen King's Misery. That's right. It's going to be at the Marjorie Lyons Playhouse starting a week from today, right? That's right. Stage Center is putting it on. Uh, very exciting. Uh, three actors on the stage um it's a 90 minute show so it's super quick but it's there's so no unique. intermission there's it's no, a, it goes no straight intermission through. yeah it moves uh really quickly uh and it's it's actually the only show the only play i've ever done that has this horror thriller element to it which this is, is unique yeah this i've never really seen unique. anything like it i've never done anything like it but like if you like scary movies uh i feel like this is for you. Uh, if you don't like scary movies, mm-hmm. maybe take a pass. For folks who haven't seen the movie Misery with Kathy Bates, James Caan, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a stalker. You're, you're the writer, yeah. and she's your number one fan. That's right. I, I, I'm a, a novelist, and uh, I have an accident in Colorado in the snow, and uh, my number one fan is following me, saves me, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. and then keeps me hostage. Um, 
yeah, it's it's a very in-your-face story. But, you know, it's also got all these different elements to it. It's got a lot of laughs that I think would surprise people. But uh, I it's heard you very talking entertaining. about that. You, people will be surprised at how much laughter is going to be in there. It really is. It, it does the gambit. Like, you have drama. You have uh, scares. You have this comedy of these two characters bouncing off each other who are mm-hmm. very different. Um, and Heather Peake Hooper is playing the... Uh, Annie, which is the Kathy Bates part, and she's so talented and so funny and scary at the same time. Oh. Uh, so it's it's really something awesome. And I like this is what I keep talking about is I've never seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. And it's like yeah. uh, it's especially not here in Shreveport theater. And I think that that's a reason right there to go and see it because if you can do something new uh, and inventive in art. Right, that's the goal, right? Because it's mm-hmm. all the same stories over and over again, right? And you know, different ways and whatnot. But this is something uh, I haven't seen on stage before. Wow! Yeah, and you open next weekend, a week from tonight. That's as a matter right. Of fact. That's mm-hmm. right. Friday at Marjorie Lyons Playhouse, and tickets are at StageCenterLA.com. Um, and they're going quickly, but I encourage you to and, uh, and get in on that. in the show. And I'm not giving away anything. You've been in rehearsals, yes. right? You've, how many weeks? You've been, you've been. Oh, it's only two weeks because it's. Uh, I've got an equity gig that brings me out from L.A. So because of that, it's only like a two-week truncated wow. rehearsal period. Wow! Yeah, it's it, that's a challenge because you yes. come in and you're supposed to know everything. Like you, you know, it's not about learning words. It's but about you're working being on the stage. You're walking so well, having your ankles <laughs> been broken. You know, I'm a chameleon. <laughs> that's what I do. I just drop into. It. What? Ask you a silly question uh-huh. as I'm sitting here because you do a lot of work in the the film business, etc. Um, what impact is this strike having on folks like you? I mean, are, are, are other projects on hold? Oh yes, absolutely. It's it's devastating. You know, it's devastating to the uh, to the industry and to individual actors. I'm sure that you, you've heard and mm-hmm. you, you know certainly Mike, about the different levels mm-hmm. of uh, actor that there are. You know, there are people that are not suffering right now who, you know, have lots of dough. I don't know most of those people. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, even right. the people that sure. you see on TV and whatnot, you know, nobody's got like a nest egg that you think that they do, especially with the different um, financial situation with the streamers and stuff. Everybody's making a lot less money than they did in the you know 2000s. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, hard, yeah. You can't. So I can't do any um, uh, acting in film, TV, or anything like that. But I, stage is okay. Stage is okay. Stage is a different uh, union. That's the Equity Union, and oh, cool. SAG is actively encouraging actors to get work in these different okayed situations. You okay. know, I'm doing the GeekedCon thing this Saturday because there's a side thing that as long as I'm not promoting, you know, a project, right? I'm just promoting me. They want us to do that. So in Basically, so that we have some money, but mm-hmm. also that we have more power in the negotiations. So he's going to be at GeekCon. That's too. so cool. That's so next, the, next week weekend. From, yeah, yeah, a week from tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, next there, week, Saturday, Saturday yep. day. Okay. Your show, Misery, dancing around Misery. Right. Yes, Misery <laughs> is uh, August eighteenth, nineteenth, and twentieth. Yep. Friday through Sunday. Uh, I'm excited. Is it just one weekend? It's just one weekend, uh, Mm -hmm. unless we sell out like crazy. So come on, guys. (laughs) But it's great, challenging. I'm doing all this physical stuff that, of course, I love to do as an actor. But crawling around, screaming, yelling, and Heather's going to just own that stage. So (laughs) it's going to be really neat. StageCenterLA.com to get your tickets. You're one of my favorite people. I can't thank you enough for coming in. Oh, it's such a pleasure. Thanks for having Mm -hmm. me. Blaine Weaver with Micah McCarty, 101.7 FM. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. 
101.7 FM, 710 Kiel. Mike and McCarty, I'm so glad it's Friday. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. And you have a busy schedule. I've got I, a busy I weekend don't. coming up. But I, I Honestly, Ruben, I, I checked out Ruben's music mm-hmm. uh, several weeks ago, mowing the yard. Thank goodness I had my headphones in. Opossum, where art thou? And all things streaming. All things. <laughs> <laughs> Opossum, where art thou? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 adult language, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's damn funny. It's for funsies. It's it's, it's all. It it's is all funny. funny. A lot of time. I mean, tongue in cheek. Yeah, yeah. And, and your show's tonight. Tonight, tonight. Well, we didn't realize we were headlining until this week, which we don't normally headline. We're normally an opening act. We warm people up with funny stuff for the okay. serious type acts. Yeah. Uh, but tonight we're headlining, which means we're going on at 11 p.m. Wow. Which means... <laughs> now, see, I was, that's what I was going to say. I'd love to see it, but I... Honestly, son, I can't stay uh, up. I'm, uh, I'm I don't dropping know. I don't, off. I don't know if I'm going to be able to Ruben stay can't up. be. Ruben's going to be pickled. <laughs> I mean, I, we get I would up love at to four see in the morning. Pickled doing oh, this. man. Oh, man. <laughs> Have you ever have you ever just on stage in theater we call it going up forget your lines. Oh yeah. Oh totally. <laughs> you the, know him? Come on. <laughs> but the, thankfully, thankfully because it's it's music and there's a band backing me, all I have to do is just kind of back away from the right? microphone and pretend it's part of the song. <laughs> and you know his last gig he got covid so yeah, he couldn't go. Couldn't so he's go. very excited about being able to play excited. tonight. So. Not, not so much about the 11 p.m. Uh, time. <laughs> we got uh, we got to take excited. a quick break, but I do want to uh I have a funny going up story. Okay. I'm going to tell you after the break. 101.7 FM. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Kiel. I've, I've been doing theater, gosh, 40 years. My first show, I think it was like 1976. Gosh. At Shreveport Little Theater. Uh, it was 110 in the Shade. It was okay. the Rainmaker. Remember? Ah, I'm not real familiar with and that. And I was a chorus member and a featured dancer. Oh, man. Whoa. I weighed about 130 pounds, <laughs> six Gosh. feet tall. Oh, man. Uh, did those toe touches. Oh, you know? wow. Oh, it Gosh. was so much fun. But we were doing a Christmas story. Mm-hmm. Ralphie with the Red Rider BB gun. Yes. We there's a stage version of that. It's adorable. Nice. And and so I played Ralphie as an adult in the play. He comes out and sets up each scene. He's he's like the narrator. Okay. In Holman, Indiana back in 1949. Right. I remember, <laughs> blah, blah, you know. Well, I didn't have a script. It was a memorization, you know. And 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 if you're in a show most of the time, with what's going on, you're blocking where you are on stage helps mm-hmm. you remember your lines. Right. The the action helps you remember. Well, when you're out on stage by yourself narrating, oh. there's no cue. There's no there's no help. Like to, when this happens, you do this. And, yeah. I, and mm-hmm. I went out and started, and Aaron just went completely blank. <gasps> I couldn't remember what was next. So I am making, I'm making stuff up, and I'm trying to get it back on track in my, you know, in my head. I'm going. Hey, I remember my dad went up, came back, 
And oh. finally, they realized behind me, you're lost. He doesn't know what he's doing. Right. He's lost. And in behind one of the flats, I hear the tree, <laughs> the tree. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh man! And I'm like, oh yeah, they're they're shopping for the Christmas tree. Oh and it, wow! And it got me back on track. Oh god, that must be a wow. feeling that you just can't. And even... I don't know even who it was that said it, but God love them. Thank you. Oh yeah, that was one of the most terrifying. And it is. It's you're just standing up there. You feel like you're completely just naked, butt naked. Yes. <laughs> going, oh hey. Hey, everybody look at me. Yeah. Oh, man, that would be miserable. It was funny. It was oh, funny. I laugh gosh. about it now. And you've got an audition tomorrow, right? We're gonna. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, barefoot in the park at, at Emmett Hook Center. Okay. I love Neil Simon. I, and I, I obviously, I can't play Paul, the, the young newlywed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, unless they do a completely <laughs> different version of the show. Right. Um, well, but good the, luck the, with the that. Crazy, you know, the crazy neighbor upstairs. Oh, yeah. Victor Velasco. Well, that's going to be fun. I know. It'll be fun. Good luck on that. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Ruben, good show tonight. I'll do my best. Oh, Possum, where art thou? Yes, Bears. Bears. Mm-hmm. With, uh, with the beer monkeys and blanket of M. It's the night of stupid band names at Bears. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just chilling. I'm chilling. I got my little swim thing going on in the morning, and I'm chilling. I'm going to take Bo out and be a better dog grandma. It's hot. Yeah, I know. It is right. hot. Triple going digits morning. Yeah. all weekend. Big Make time. it a great weekend. Mm-hmm. 1017 FM, 710.